every priest knows that the Christmas and Easter homilies matter. Yes, certainly because these are the two holiest days of the year. But more than that, they matter because on Christmas and Easter, we have a lot of people in the church that we don't get to see very often. Students home on break, family visiting from out of town, sons and daughters who are coming just to make their parents happy, people who might not want to come every Sunday, but who still like to come on the big days, and even a fair number of non-Catholics. Accordingly, we priests are supposed to preach a home run of a homily, as though one amazing homily is somehow going to make sleeping in on Sunday less appealing. For goodness sake, I'm a priest, and I still want to sleep in on Sundays. So this year, I want to drop the charade and address the topic more directly. First, if I don't get to see you very often, hello. Thank you. Thank you, truly, for being here. Some of you are here because you love your family, and that is admirable. Some of you are here because even if you do not come to church very often— you still think that church makes Christmas special. And I deeply appreciate that sentiment and want to honor it. I also want to acknowledge you and welcome you. And, as long as I have you here, I want to give a slightly different Christmas homily than most people were expecting. I want to talk about why so many people are lukewarm about religion, while so many other people are so militant about it. As I mentioned in my homily two Sundays ago, I do not blame and I do not condemn people who have walked away from religion. For many, religion is a source of guilt or boredom, an institution that limits their freedom, an idea that seems to have run its course and is now irrelevant. At best, a church is a nice place to feel close to a virtuous community. At worst... Our worship appears to be a delusional wish-fulfillment fantasy, and our pews filled with bigots and hypocrites. In the end, far for more and more Americans, religion is not compelling enough to make it a priority. Our churches are shrinking, and I totally understand why. And yet, despite this, There are still so many people who make a huge deal out of their faith. People like the parent or spouse who risked family drama to convince their loved ones to come to church today. Or people like me, the celibate priest, who gave up sex, family, and freedom so that I could work six days a week and every major holiday. Or people like the Christians in the Middle East and North Africa, who chose to worship together today, even though more Christians have been killed for their faith in the last 10 years than in the previous 2,000 years combined. And many of these deaths have been from bombings and massacres at Christian churches on major holidays. But they're still there. So we have an odd disconnect. A portion of the population that just doesn't understand what the big deal is and a portion of a population that thinks that religion is the biggest deal in the world. I believe this disconnect comes, at least in the Christian world, from the fact that many of us were given a false message about the nature of religion. 
So let's start by discussing three things that Christianity is not. First, Christianity is not about creating an alternative to science. Christians who deny modern physics or biology or cosmology have no idea what they're talking about. Just as scientists who claim that Christianity is irrational, fantastical, or full of Luddites also have no idea what they're talking about. The original theorists of modern genetics and the Big Bang Theory were both Catholic priests. The Catholic Church is not allergic to or afraid of modern science. And in fact, the Church is very clear that for our religion to be true, it cannot contradict the observations of the sciences. Second, and this is where things get a little more surprising, Christianity is not about being a good person. Yes, I should hope that Christianity motivates people to act morally, but that is not primarily why the religion exists. There are some really horrible Christians in the world, just as there are some really wonderful atheists and agnostics. Non-religious people are absolutely correct that a person does not have to be religious in order to be moral. Personally, I do find that 2,000 years of Christian philosophy and theology are a great help in determining how to live my life. And I would never have the strength to make a hard moral choice without my relationship to Jesus Christ. But morality is not the center or focus of my faith. Third, Christianity is not about having spiritual experiences. Again, I should hope that our relationship with Jesus Christ in the scriptures and in the sacraments does bring about profound spiritual movements. But Christianity does not exist primarily to create these feelings. The majority of people who do not regularly attend a church are not atheists. They are, in fact, people who still claim to believe in God and who still claim to desire and to have spiritual experiences. But they also report that organized religion either does not provide the spirituality they are looking for, or is in fact an obstacle to their spirituality. Again, I personally find that learning about the nature of God as he has revealed it through the Bible and the Christian tradition has only deepened my spirituality. But that is not why I became or remain a Christian. The problem with these views of Christianity is that they begin with a goal, like explaining the natural world or being a good person or having a spiritual experience, as though we created this religion out of nothing to try to bring about these desired effects. But this is absolutely incorrect. Christianity began with a person at an event in history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead in Jerusalem in 33 AD. To reiterate, Christianity is a response to an historical event. 2,000 years ago, in a very specific time, in a very specific place, a man was killed by the Romans in one of the most brutal and effective capital punishments ever conceived by humanity. And then, a couple of days later, this man's tomb was found empty, and he was seen alive, healthy, speaking and eating with his friends and followers. 
Since only God has power over life and death, the first followers of Jesus quickly concluded that this man must be God himself, who had decided to enter into his creation and take upon himself a human nature. And over the next 30 years, Jesus' followers began to see how the teachings and actions of this rabbi fulfilled the prophecies and revelations made to the Hebrew people in the preceding centuries. These followers also consulted with Jesus' mother, who was still living, which is how we have a record of the beautiful Christmas narratives that the entire world celebrates and remembers today. I believe that the disconnect we have been discussing, the division between a lukewarm and a radical feeling about Christianity, comes down to whether we believe these historical claims of Christianity or not. Do we believe that approximately 2,018 years ago, a child was born to a virgin in Bethlehem in modern-day Palestine? Do we believe that after this child grew up, he preached the coming of the kingdom of God and was killed by the authorities of the time like so many prophets before him? Do we believe that unlike these previous prophets, this Jesus conquered death, thus revealing to the world the fact that he was God himself, come to save us? And do we believe that the story of Jesus has been faithfully passed on to us through the scriptures and the church? through an unbroken line of witnesses, and that we worship Jesus today just as every Christian before us has worshipped Jesus since the moment of his resurrection. I believe the claims of Christianity. Over the course of my relatively short life, the theological, philosophical, and historical evidences have convinced me that God became a human being in order to unite himself to us and save us from our sins. I believe this extraordinary claim to be literal fact. God, the creator of everything, the one who is timeless and limitless, the one who holds all creation and being, entered into the womb of the Virgin Mary and united to himself a human nature so that he could be born, live, die, and rise from the dead. And I believe that this is historically verifiably true not a myth or a supposition or a feel-good story, but a historical fact. And because I believe these claims of Christianity, my life and my world are radically different. I cannot imagine anything more important than God's entering into history. What event, what person can compare with this one? Even the greatest figures in history, the most astounding stories, the most inspiring moments, are all garbage next to the God who became a man and saved us from our brokenness and isolation. Next to Jesus, nothing else seems to matter anymore. Nothing seems as important as knowing him and telling his story to the entire world. I responded to the life of Jesus by giving up my own life to become a priest. Most of us will not face such a radical choice, but each of us will be asked to choose. Do we believe that God, the creator of the universe, allowed himself to be born in Bethlehem and allowed himself to be killed in Jerusalem? 
If we do not, none of this will ever matter. Religion will always be a source of boredom and guilt and pain. And no homily, no music, no dynamic church culture will ever change that. But if we do accept the claims of Christianity, then nothing else in this world will ever matter more than Jesus. Our families, our friends, our jobs, and our hobbies may all continue to bring happiness but they will also forevermore seem like garbage before the ineffable mystery of the God-made man. The very center of our lives will change. And even if there are periods where we run from it, we will never be able to change it back. The events of 2,000 years ago continue to be the most important events in the history of the world. And everything you and I will ever do will always be a reaction to those events. I would normally end my Christmas homily by wishing you a Merry Christmas. But if I'm honest, that is not my wish for you. It's too bland. I love you too much, and God loves you too much. My hope is that you will have a convicting Christmas. I hope that Jesus Christ changes your life and that you will never be able to go back.